What's going on, Niner fam? It is Peter Lucas. I got with me today Wolf from Niner Gang Wolf Cast. It's going to be a great show. Like, I'm glad you guys are tuning in tonight. But this is the Niner Fanatic Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Once again, it is Peter Lucas, and I got with me today Wolf from Niner Gang, Wolf Cast. Wolf, I'm a. I'm happy to have you on today. Like I've been wanting to have you on for a minute, but it's just you know schedules and all that good stuff. But this is the Niner Fanatic Podcast. Wolf, why don't you tell them where they can find you all over the socials? Yeah, guys. Um, <clears throat> Wolf Lazama on Twitter. If you guys have a Twitter, if not, on YouTube at Niner Gang Wolf Cast. So yeah, that's pretty much it cool cool and everybody should be excited well let 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 me start by saying make sure you give this this show a like make sure that you share it with your friends tell your friends and then tell your friends to tell their friends and we can be friends and we can do this every week (laughs) so make sure that like you can get us on youtube facebook twitter uh and you can get it anywhere you can anywhere you can get your audio podcast i'm on there too so doesn't matter where you get it just get it and but another good week, uh, another victory Monday that we had uh, yesterday. And for, first off, let's start off like uh, because I'm, I'm sure we've all heard the reaction shows over the past couple of days. But 49ers are now the number two seed in the NFC. Yay. <laughs> uh, like, uh, do you think the number one seed is even a possibility? And because I did hear that. Uh, Philly is trying to get Jalen Hurts to to start this week. Like, I don't know if he's actually ready to start, but I think that they're kind of feeling the pressure. But what do you do? You think number one seed is attainable? Yeah, I mean, first of all, with the Eagles, they're they're a young team. They definitely want that by, you know, as much preparation as they can get before uh, they can get started on the playoffs. They want that cushion. Uh, I feel really good about ju- the New York Giants, about their chances in beating the the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. So we're holding out hope. It, it kind of sucks that they're playing at the same time as us, so we're going to have to kind of sneak a peek at their screen every once in a while. But um, I feel good about our chances, man. It's a division game for them. Giants have been playing everybody really tough. And, um, <clears throat> you know, they might be wanting some revenge on the Eagles. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I think yeah. that... It's a yeah, like you said, it's a division game, so anything can happen. We've seen yeah. it. I mean, Seahawks, uh, all if you notice the one the one team that gave us problems in this in this whole purdy purdy fever run, it's been it was the Seahawks. Like mm-hmm. uh, so division games are the are the worst, and they are they're the ones that you're gonna be biting your nails through the whole game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a close game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants actually took it. Um, if but, either one, and, yeah, go ahead. If either, if either one wins by three, you wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. I don't even know what the, I haven't even looked at the spread yet, but, uh, it, yeah, I just think that it it's entirely possible. Of course, it's wishful thinking on our part because I mean, we want that number one seed. It, I, I can't even remember yeah. the last time the 49ers had the one seed. It's probably when I was in high school, like, uh, but it's it, yeah, it's entirely possible. I would love for that to happen because the the 49ers are usually always trying to they always have to take the hard route. Like uh, but what was your biggest takeaway from this game against this last game against the Raiders? Because it was a it was a game where it was kind of uncharacteristic of this defense. It was uncharacteristic uncharacteristically close. Like, I think a lot of people just assume that the, the way the 49ers have been playing, that they were just going to blow them out. But yeah. what what was your biggest takeaway from the game against the Raiders? 
<clears throat> um, probably, you know, I don't know how easy they were taking it trying to stay healthy for the playoffs, but probably the secondary and, of course, just the way D'Amico Ryans is choosing to run the defense so conservatively and so mm -hmm. we're not pressuring quarterbacks. Um, I think when it comes to the offense, I feel really relieved, especially now that Brock Purdy has shown that he can come from behind and uh, lead us to a victory. We're having – we're averaging, like, 35 points a game. So, <clears throat> you know, it, I feel really good about what Purdy's doing out there. But the defense, hopefully we could clean that stuff up. I don't know what the answer would be. Maybe um, you sit Hafunga or something, but we, we got to get something taken Ooh. care of because we can't keep letting that happen. For sure. Like, and I mean, I know that with – especially with Hafunga, you kind of – it's it's a gift and a curse because what makes him so good is his dynamic is his instincts and but so you don't want to you you don't want to cut that off entirely because then you got tart and like uh it's who didn't do take any chances and yeah. uh it's so it's we just want about we just want to need a balance and i looked at this game as my biggest takeaway from the game was that that just like you talked about Purdy being able to come from behind, uh, just like it was, I've been saying on my earlier shows that, that there was, there was going to come a time it's football. There was going to come a time when this defense wasn't going to show out like normal. And it was, our offense was going to have to carry us. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping that it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't wait till the playoffs to happen, which, so I'm happy that it happened now. Uh, so that we could see what it would look like. And I think that Purdy kind of stepped up to the challenge. Did he have his best game? No. Like when I revisited the game, uh, I thought he was a lot, a lot better than what I actually saw the second time I ran through it. But at the same time, you're nitpicking at that point. <laughs> like uh, it's, we won the game. He put, he put up 37 points. So like uh, I, I was perfectly okay. I was just happy that, he was a gamer. He looked like a gamer. He never got down yeah. about, uh, about being behind or not necessarily making all the throws and that the interception, it just was a steady, <laughs> he just kept coming. And uh, that's what I like to see. And it seemed like the team is just completely bought in. I don't know if you watched any of the, uh, the press, con uh, the press conferences after, but uh, the team just seems to be so bought into him that yeah. I, I think it, I think that game was big. It's going to be big going into the playoffs because they're going to have faith in him going going in. Um, yeah, but they should give themselves some credit too for helping for him sure. out. For yeah. sure, like I mean, that's the offense. So <clears throat> I, I heard a lot of people saying, you know, you know, they give Purdy all the credit and like all that kind of stuff, like talking about how great Purdy is. But the offense, the Shanahan offense, is built around getting the ball to guys in space and letting them. Mm get yards after the catch. Yeah. But we we always tend, I think as football fans in general, they they tend to look at look at it as oh well that with well, the quarterback got 300 and something yards <laughs> in in passing yeah. and yeah. Uh, so they don't even think about the the the, the plays that had to be made to get yards that after catch. But, yeah, they don't think about yeah. that. Like uh, but the the real the realistic that uh, Purdy's having to throw like 6 7 sometimes 10 yard passes and and the they're doing the rest the d the debos iukes the the kittles they're all doing the mccaffrey they're they're doing a majority of the work but you still want to give him credit because he's getting <clears> the ball <throat> to them in space in stride and yeah. like uh and he's hitting those open guys the guys that we were complaining beforehand that they weren't they weren't getting him the ball so it it's uh i'm i'm still impressed by him and but uh, but overall, were you happy with his performance? Um, yeah, 100%, man. I love what Purdy's brought to the table. <clears throat> when you talk about, you know, the yak that we rely upon and him leaning on his playmakers and vice versa, you know, it, they're working as a really great tandem right now. Whereas, um, you know, with Garoppolo, he just dinked and dunked for the most part. He'd take a shot here and there, but it wasn't accurate. And so a lot of those just kind of got thrown away or they were interceptions with Brock yeah. Purdy. He's buying time, allowing guys like Kittle to get open in space. Whereas with Garoppolo, 
um, Kittle or CMC would have one or two guys draped on their back or ready to hit them as soon as they get the ball. They have to make that guy miss as soon as possible, which, of course, there's there's those checkdowns with um, Purdy still. But, you know, <clears throat> he gets through his progressions to where those guys are open in space. And then, of course, the off script stuff is beautiful. Like you said earlier, it wasn't his best game, but the adversity gives us a lot of confidence because I did notice <clears throat> for him being so poised and consistent, this was probably in mo in moments, um, not the whole game, but in moments, his least poised game, I think. There were mm -hmm. times when he rushed it and took the check down when he had a, a guy open over the top. Um, saw a little bit of that Jimmy Garoppolo uh, factor coming back a little bit, but uh, I think he'll bang right through that and have more confidence in in himself that he could go and win a game like this with pressure in his face. Of course, McGlinchey, I think that's a guy that has a lot to do with it. A lot of people giving him a lot of credit after this game. I didn't see it. <clears throat> I did enough. I think he did enough to win, but um, yeah, yeah I, I love what Purdy's doing right now. And uh, like I said, we're scoring like 35 points a game. <laughs> averaging so it's awesome yeah for sure hey, for sure and like i mean yeah i think when you see McGl as many mcglinchy just he usually has that one big one in the worst possible moment and we always kind of hammer him for it yeah. uh and but then when you look at the pff grade that he gets like he's like top five in the league like it's <laughs> it's just the i don't know how they're grading stuff but like uh i don't think they give much much uh they don't put much stock in the in the in the whole timing portion of it. Yeah. But uh, but let me get to some of these comments. Uh, okay. Don Dotson, hey, thank you for coming in. She says hello, Niner family. Appreciate you coming in, Don. Uh, Raphael five six two, big up Long Beach. Uh, thank thanks for coming in, Raphael. Uh, like and and make sure you guys uh, follow and subscribe to to Wolf's uh, channel too. Like it's great channel. He has he has people on all the time and uh, that good really good content. So make sure you guys subscribe to that. And then uh, of course Raphael, of course I'm gonna put that one up there because I need you guys to like and subscribe to me. <laughs> so uh, appreciate you guys. And of course, and we gotta mention because everybody's mentioned it today and it just staying aware. But prayer prayers to Demar Hamlin and like yeah. I mean it was really. A 60 it was really the weirdest thing that I, like one of the weirdest uh sports injuries that like uh, that i've seen and i couldn't even call it a sports injury but uh, because it it just didn't seem like it was much and then all of a sudden he just passes out and i mean all i could think of is i'm sitting there watching the them talk about oh putting sending him to the locker room and giving them a few minutes to compose themselves and i'm just thinking they just need to i mean just cancel the game now like I don't, I don't even know why that was even thought of, but mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. It's a lot of money involved, but at some point, you have to value these guys' lives and their and them as people than than to sit there and just think that they can play through th their teammate and their brother like uh, being in a hospital on a ventilator somewhere. Like I mean, it's just yeah, it was sick. Like, yeah. uh, but. But uh, East Coast uh, Red and Gold Podcast, appreciate you coming through. What's up, Faithful? Uh, Cowboy Angel, always always a pleasure to see you. Bang Bang Niner Gang. Uh, Bryant Culp, lo love you coming through. What's up, Faithful? Uh, but, yeah, it, it was a – and I get the – we talked a little bit about his performance, but what was your favorite play? And, and what do you think – what do you think the biggest thing is that he can improve on? I think my favorite play that comes to mind first would be uh, the Kittle touchdown in the back of the end zone yeah. for, for many reasons. Um, we actually, you know, a lot of people I heard saying Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't make that throw. Like he, he couldn't, he couldn't do that. He actually did yeah. do it this season. No, did he, he did. Yeah, he did it, it almost exactly the same play if not actually the exact same play in the same manner and everything Garoppolo to his left on the move and uh, tosses it to the back of the end zone, right to Kittle and um, right over another defender's hands too. I forget what game it was in. Game um, Buc was. No, not Buccaneers. I'm tripping. Um, Cardinals maybe. <clears throat> I think it was versus the Cardinals. 
But uh, yeah, man, that was a beautiful play. And then um, it was really funny because I noticed, I don't think a lot of people noticed, but if you take a closer look at that play, Ray Ray McLeod jumps up and tries to catch that pass as well, too. So it, it looked like he was trying to get a little bit of revenge on Kittle, trying to steal his touchdown. <laughs> yeah, true. Or they, or again, he didn't know that Kittle was even there. Like, because uh, it was, yeah. it was kind of a bang bang play. Like, uh, and I'm sure Ray Ray uh, thought that, you know, maybe the rookie just overthrew him or whatever the case is. But mm -hmm. yeah, that was a beautiful throw, though. Like, yeah. uh, I got to say that. And I think what makes Purdy for me that what makes Purdy's uh, accuracy so uh, for the most part, like his accuracy so impressive to me is that he's so short. Yeah, <laughs> he's so short and <laughs> he finds a way to get the ball over these guys hands and he layers those throws. <clears throat> it's uh, and then he finds little ways to get the ball. I was talking to my uh, my father in law this weekend. We were watching the game and. And I was telling him how, like, it was crazy. If you watch him get ready to pat, throw the ball, he has he doesn't just have to find the one window through the zone. He has to find the window through the zone, and then he has to find a window through the defensive line. Yeah. And so it, it just makes it uh, it makes it that more. So we started looking at watching that, and it made it even – I think that's why, why I'm kind of geeking out on him uh, so much. But, uh, but yeah. yeah. It, is, it uh, is a thing of beauty, so you're geeking out with good reason, man. For Definitely sure. a thing of beauty. <clears throat> the uh what do you think he can uh what do you think he can improve on? Um his height. <laughs> <laughs> you start wearing lifts in his shoes. Yeah, <laughs> wearing uh, platforms, platforms and bell bottoms. <laughs> oh man, but pretty um, you know. That's that's kind of tough because he's he's doing a lot of things really good. Uh, I think attacking the right side of the field, if you notice in his game, um, as of right now, the 49ers are attacking the left side of the field. That's where most of pretty much all I, I would say 75 percent of the big plays come from is attacking the left side of the field. Now, if we can incorporate the the right side of the field, you know, like if you notice even that throw to Kittle the one that was the interception that was to the right side of the field. So um which is yeah. weird because quarterbacks usually have more trouble to their left, not their right. So he's yeah. kind of the opposite. So we'll see. We'll see how that progresses. You know, one thing that uh, I wanted to see improve was his connection with Ayuk. And sure enough, in this game, we saw it, man. So little by little, we're getting what we ask for. Adversity, check. Brandon Ayuk connection, check. Attacking the right side of the field, yet to be determined. Yeah. You know what, what I noticed about, cause I did see somebody else say something about that. What I noticed with Purdy is that, I mean, you think about it, who, who's on the right side of that line that we just mentioned. Yes, sir. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Number uh, so, 69. Like, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. a lot of time, like, I feel like a lot of times he's looking pretty is looking for pressure. It's not that he's looking down. His eyes are always downfield, but I almost feel like he always feels pressure from that right side because he's always ready to spin out of it or go the other direction. And uh, yeah. so I just, I like, uh, I, I don't necessarily give that to him as an excuse, but it's just, I think that it's something to look out for. Like if anybody, like uh, when we look at these, these throw charts and like all that kind of stuff, there's context, extra context. I mean, Somebody put out the throw charts comparing him and Jimmy <clears throat> last week, and <clears throat> Jimmy's were like all green everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, and yeah. they were comparing the fact that that Jimmy and Purdy have very similar stats and very uh, very similar metrics, but the eye test will tell you it's completely different when you're yes. looking at it on the field, and the scoreboard will tell you that it's completely different. <laughs> so <Yeah. clears throat> it's uh, I always like to you know the charts are all are all good. I, I'm a big, I'm old, like uh, I'm a big eye test guy. And like, yeah. uh, I'm not a big fan of the, of all of the analytics, uh, like PFF and all the other stuff, you know, you take it with a grain of salt, but yeah. some of the, some of that stuff, you know, but I want to say what's up to Jay, Jay in the Bay. Wait, what's good. Lo uh, love that guy. And like, uh, make sure, make sure you uh, follow his channel, follow him on, uh, subscribe to his channel and follow him on, uh, on Twitter and IG, he's got he's everywhere. So uh, and then I saw somebody else come in. Maybe not, but um, 
we are on to CMC. <laughs> like, so CMC kind of has become the offense for the most part. Uh, I used to call Frank Gore the offense. That was my nickname for him because 49, everything that the 49ers did when he was when he was with them, it everything went through Frank Gore. And it seems like that's similar for CMC right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether he, he's running the ball 19 times a game, then he's got then he's getting six to seven catches a game and like 11 off of like nine to 11 targets. And uh, it's so do you think Kyle needs to spread some of the touches around to keep CMC fresh? You're talking about running back rotation or just um, I mean, all of it. Like, I mean, because he's getting a ton of just touches in general. And this team has a ton of weapons. So, like, do you think that that he needs to, you know, uh, like uh, just kind of kind of, you know, spread the love out, whether it be giving him a few less carries, getting those other young backs. And I mean, Elijah Mitchell's about to come back. And uh, and then you've got on the in the receiver side, we are like, I mean, Debo's not even here and the receivers are just going crazy. So what do you (laughs) what, uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, man, that's, again, going back to Purdy, I love that he attacks all areas of the field as well. He's giving everybody a shot. So we're seeing more guys uh, being utilized in the offense now that he's the quarterback. Um, with CMC, I, I definitely know what you mean, man. He he gets a lot of touches, and it's a little worrisome, uh, especially going back to, like, 2019 when we had the – the rotation of running backs and we had a lot of success with it, you know, change of pace, all this stuff, keeping the guys fresh and uh, continuing to bat, um, you know, batter opposing defenses. So I think we should go back to that, man. Like uh, Elijah Mitchell might be back in this game, but it seems like even when Elijah Mitchell was playing along with CMC, Elijah Mitchell was just the closer. Same thing with J.P. Mason. Like, why can't we just rotate them? The only time we ever see another running back rotated in is when, you know, he gets a dead leg or something like that, and he has to step out for a few plays. (laughs) Or if they've just gone to him like three times in a row or five times in a row, then they'll try somebody else out. And it's like, why does it have to get to that point? He's asking to come out. (laughs) Basically, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. He has no choice. And then, too, like, I think you can, in the rotation (laughs) – some these other running backs, I'm I'm assuming they can catch a little bit too. They can get check downs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they run really hard, get the ball in their hands. Um, they haven't shown any fumbling issues, knock on wood. <laughs> so give them a shot too. Um, but yeah, man, I like the way since P- Purdy has stepped in his quarterback that everybody's getting touches. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to be um so heavily reliant on CMC, but Kyle Shanahan just does it regardless. He don't he doesn't care what anybody says. Yeah, no, he, he yeah. absolutely does not. Like, uh, we've been begging for Jordan Mason to get carries. Uh, this guy can't get out of a game without averaging six and a half yards carry. It doesn't matter if he gets two three, or three touches or whatever the case is. Uh, I mean, the guy is just a beast of a running back. And I think all of us want to see more of him, but they, I mean, it is what it is. Like, uh, I, I guess it would be hard for Shanahan. I feel like Shanahan, uh, Shanahan, thinks of CMC as his, like, I mean, he's his favorite weapon right now because he can literally do anything. So it's, like, really hard probably for him to take him off the field because that that takes away, even as a decoy, like the guy is is taking defenders away from other guys. So it's, I, I get the I get the pressure to get other guys the ball. Like, uh, I man, it, it's just, I, I'm sure it's hard for Shani, but I like you. I'm, you're preaching to the choir, bud. Jordan Mason and those other backs. I've been saying, yeah. I've been saying all year that they needed to be involved, and it's, it's just, uh, I mean, because it's going to make CM in my mind, it's going to make CMC better, like because yeah. it's going to keep him fresh, and it's going to keep him, uh, it's going to keep the defense moving from side to side, and not really knowing where the 49ers are going to go with the ball. But, uh, and we've seen Jordan Mason catch the ball out of the backfield. I haven't, I don't think I've seen TDP. Uh, not that it's really going to matter uh, because Elijah Mitchell's coming back this next week. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, <clears throat> we have so many, we have so many good players on this team. We got four. Think about that. We got four backs <laughs> that really probably could start for somebody else. Hey, let's not forget about Coleman too, man. That dude was balling when he played for us. Can, can Jeff- we forget about Coleman? I, I would like to forget about him. <laughs> 
Cole Dude, he was, he was balling when when his number was called and Jeff Wilson yeah. Jr. was the other running back when Elijah Mitchell went down. It was Jeff Wilson, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman stepped up and he was balling, man. So he's no slouch either. I'm not yeah, saying I, put him out there, but <laughs> he's definitely yeah. no slouch. I just with Coleman, uh, the I I wasn't all season long. I wasn't the biggest of uh, Jeff Jeff Wilson fans, even though he's a steady. They're steady guys. Yeah. But when I feel like when you have these guys that have obvious talent, I like uh, I like Jeff uh, Jeff Wilson is exactly where he belongs right now, <laughs> and uh, and yeah. so is uh, and Se- so is Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman probably belongs yeah. on the practice squad, it, it, like out of these backs. Like, uh, but yeah, you're right. Uh, he he made that crazy catch the one game that he was in. Yeah, the 50 50 uh, pass. And of course, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh my God, here we go. Now we're going to see this guy <laughs> every week. <laughs> like, uh, but it is what it is. Like, uh, but East, uh, Brian. Brian Culp said, well, number one seed, one game at a time, beat Arizona, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, I just we, – we're going to speak it into existence. Like, because uh, I think the 49ers, the way they've played down the stretch of this season, it's – they deserve it. And, uh, I mean, it would have been better if they could have started off this way, but we're here now. So – but yeah. how does a lot? How does Elijah Mitchell's eventual return, You do you think, of is going to affect that – affect those carries? Like, uh, do you think? Because I remember um, the last time Elijah Mitchell was healthy, they kind of started running him in the second half of games. They would go with CMC in the beginning, and then the second half, all of a sudden, Elijah Mitchell ends up with like ten or eleven carries. Do you see the a similar thing happening, or do you think that maybe Kyle is going to kind of mix him up? Uh, well, for this game, you know, I would assume that you don't play CMC. He's day to day. He's been getting beated and battered since uh, the day he stepped on the field for us uh, way back when he when he got traded right before the Chiefs game. So I would rest him this game, uh, knock some of the rest off for Elijah Mitchell, and it's, uh, we'll probably see a lot of Elijah Mitchell and J.P. Mason. Hopefully that's the case. But when it is CMC and Elijah Mitchell available at the same time, um, yeah, I think it's going to go like it, like it did earlier in the season. CMC – uh, opening starting games and then uh, Elijah Mitchell, the closer, hopefully JP Mc- Mason gets mixed in there um, mm-hmm. as much as possible to take a load off them a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. That's what I think, man. I can't wait yeah, to see. For it sure. Yeah, for sure. Like um, I think the, I'm, I'm, I think in a similar way as you, like, I think that they're just going to do it the same way. Kyle wants to see CMC. Like we were talking about earlier. He wants to see CMC. If he could have, CMC out there every single down and take it <laughs> yeah. and get it somehow touch the ball in every single time it snapped. He would. Yeah. But well, the thing is now you, after what JP Mason has shown, you can't ignore it now. So I think he has to get touches too. That's <laughs> I, I, I think that's a good thing. That's and sorry to everybody about the coughing. Like I've been sick <laughs> since last week. Like, uh, I was I I I refused to go without go this week without uh, putting another show out. So, uh, like uh, it was, but so bear with me. But I thought I thought that the same thing that you're saying about JP Mason, I thought mm. the same thing after he made that long run in the in the one game. I can't remember who Seahawks was, game. Against, yeah, against the Seahawks, and mm. I was like, oh well, you know. I mean, they, there's no way that they can continue to keep him out of the game. And the next game, he didn't even touch. He didn't didn't even get on the field. Oh, he had a, a knee contusion. It was something yeah, knee like contusion that. and a hamstring. Yeah. I think they said it was a hamstring, but he still played special teams. <laughs> so that's that's what that's why it like I was like <laughs> okay, and then the next game, like uh, the next game, that still back again. Like uh, the TDP got I think got more ended up getting more touches than he did. Like, uh, and it's, uh, it, it's just, yeah, they had, <laughs> oh no, he got two TDP got one, but, but so I was wrong on that, but he only got two carries in the last game. So, and he still ended up, uh, averaging six and a half yards of carry, <laughs> but yeah, uh, man, Kyle Shanahan's really stubborn. He's going to be really heavily reliant. I mean, the good thing is, you know, we've been calling for these guys all season, uh, like JP Mason, um, <clears throat> 
and we've been waiting for it right just like you you said like we're waiting for the unveil and now we have it and now it's like just like with brock purdy it was almost like the best kept secret in the league and now we got these guys rolling into the playoffs catching the league by storm so that's i think that was um a blessing in itself right there but yeah kyle shanahan's really stubborn we'll see how much we see jp mason as long as the other two guys are healthy yeah Absolutely. And did you know, you know, speaking of like how stubborn the Shanny is, did I mean, not that it really has anything to do with that, but the I noticed the national media, like I think it was that how you were talking about how we're rolling out these guys that the league has never seen. We, the mm-hmm. 49ers have a the way of doing that every season. Nobody knows who <laughs> our players are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the national media gets our guys names wrong. <laughs> and it's it's kind of pitiful, to be honest. And the. Yeah. Uh, like this past week, huge game, right? Great game to watch. It was mm-hmm. a great game to watch against the Raiders. And you know, on the national media, like on first take, and uh, not, and I, I try not to watch ESPN, but I was interested to see what the national media was going to say after that game. And they didn't have the not one 49er highlight. Uh, they didn't, they didn't even highlight the game off of uh, <laughs> get up or, or first take after that. It's I, I swear to you that this national media has a bias against the 49er I, 49ers. I don't know why it is, but it's they just cannot stand. They cannot stand stand it. I feel I've always felt like the league hates us too because we're a running team, but I don't know. I digress. I'm gonna get off my soapbox. But hey, what's going on, CG? I, I want to I appreciate you coming through. Uh like uh, it's always good to see uh, that guy. He's a really good guy. Make sure you go out and, and subscribe to his channel. Uh, follow him on Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, but all right. So more. Oh, we got to talk about the O-line. What grade? What grade did you give the O-line in this game? Because we talked about McGlinchey, but especially after Banks goes down early in the game. Like what grade did you give the O-line overall? Uh, It's really tough. I, I would probably give them a C plus. Just because of McGlinchey, you know, um, <clears throat> like I said, everybody wants to give him his flowers, but he doesn't do it without help. You know, they always yeah. they always got to keep use checking to at least chip block and help him out a little bit. Same thing with Kittle. Uh, even Burford at times has to um, leave his assignment and help McGlinchey out a little bit. And that's still where the pressure is coming from. Like you said, you see mm-hmm. Purdy drifting away from the right side and having to throw to his left all the time, feeling that pressure. So um, probably B minus C plus, you know, doesn't seem like Birdie's too worried about his left side. So that's good. Brunskill steps in for Aaron Banks and does a pretty admirable job, man. I love having mm-hmm. Brunskill on our team and hopefully we can um, <clears throat> we can lock him in for another couple of years. <laughs> I think it was huge that we still have Brunskill uh, yeah. to be able to step in because most teams, if how many teams, if you lose an offensive lineman, I don't care where it is on the line. All of a sudden, you've just got pressure coming from that spot. And yeah. I thought that Brunskill did a great job. And and honestly, I don't remember the last time Brunskill played left guard, but it <laughs> it it always has to help that he's right next to uh, the big guy. Yeah. Uh, and and like I mean, that has to help you out a ton. And I think we saw that in the running game. They were opening ca- canyons for the uh, for CMC to run through. Like yeah. uh, it was. It was a really good running game, uh, like a running game for the offensive line. I felt like uh, there always is going to be like uh, there's always going to be snap like uh, mistakes against the pass. Like there's always you're always going to get some kind of pressure uh, like uh, but but I thought that they did a really admirable job. Like you said, an admirable job, like uh, just just uh, kind of stay in the course. I mean, Aaron Banks had been a stud all season. And uh, for for them to just kind of keep going and not really missing a beat, I thought that that was huge. Uh, and yeah, it was. I, I I would get. I would probably give them a B or a B plus just because. I mean, we scored thirty seven points. Like uh, we, they didn't get. They didn't give a sack. They didn't give up a sack. And and they score. And they had what? Uh, what? How many yards rushing did they have? One hundred and seventy rushing yards. So. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give him a B plus. Like uh, I think uh, if McGlinchey hadn't have let guys go free a couple of times, I probably wouldn't have given him an A. But uh, <laughs> but I think for the most part, and and then 
And then uh, Trey, uh, not Trey, uh, Trent Williams, like had a couple of penalties that I thought were, I mean, that, yeah. like it was just penalty stuff. Like, but, but yeah, like that's the only thing that I had. I'm just nitpicking on him now. Yeah, but, I think because um, Brunskill, he played the last 50 snaps of the game. Him specifically, I give him an A plus, and I think it really helped him out that he was rotating uh, in the lineup with Burford for the, the last, um, what like probably the last eight games. I think he's been rotating with Burford, getting reps. It was at right guard, but it's keeping him in game day shape. You know, he's still getting reps in the game, so I think it kept him mentally sharp and stuff like that. So, um, kudos to the coaching staff for doing that with him as well. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. A plus, bro. CG said McGlinchey's a D, Brendel B, uh, Burford, and Williams. The fact that we didn't mention Brendel's name uh, said that I mean that's a good thing for an offensive lineman. As long as yeah. we, if we don't mention your name, then I mean you did a good job in my in my book. Like uh, it's uh, that's why I I don't know I I I air I I like this offensive line. Most teams in the league don't have a good offensive line. There's really I can't really think of a of a team in the league that has a uh, has a really solid offensive line that there's not getting pressure from somewhere. So it is what it is. I may, maybe I'm just a softy, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So let's move on to uh, to the to the skill positions. More more TDs for Kittle and Ayuk, right? How good can this skill this skill group be in the playoffs? Like because I think that we're moving into the playoffs and and uh, we want to carry this momentum for the offense because the offense is is just going on running on all all cylinders right now. But specifically, IU can Kittle, they are just monsters. And so <laughs> now you bring in now you bring a Debo back into the situation. Do you think that kind of throws a wrench into their to their momentum or or like uh, how good do you think this this whole group can be? Well, the last part that you asked about right there with Debo, can it throw a wrench in? Uh, it shouldn't as long as they know how to use it, as long as they utilize him in the right position at the right time and giving him the ball and um, not forcing it. That's one big thing is that they've done a lot, is especially with Garoppolo. They forced the ball to Debo, you know, like in the Rams game, that, eight, that basically 80-yard touchdown that he had. It could have easily been a pick six um, just yeah. from forcing it. Debo made a great play. Um, this this offense with Brock Purdy, man, like I've said, with Garoppolo outside of the Cardinals Monday night football, that's a trash football team. Outside of that game, that was basically a home game for us. Um, everybody was ramped up for it. We were, we were saying how long, like even going back to the playoffs last year and even years before, where this team kind of has to drag uh, Garoppolo along for the ride. And it doesn't, you know, what we're seeing from Brock Purdy seems like the complete opposite, man. We're consistently, what well, he has five games under his belt now, and we're scoring 35 points on average, basically, outside of that, that Seahawks game. Mm -hmm. And that's without Debo. So if you add him into the mix, man, I think, and Elijah Mitchell, I, we got no, nothing to do but go up, man. I, I got really high hopes for this squad and help the defense out. And you and you would think you would think like uh, that that that's the way it would be, but I feel like especially with Kyle, sometimes he can get in his own head and he can try to do too much, and that's what kind of scares me about those guys coming back is that he's going to feel the pressure to to work them in and. I don't think that we need to do the whole Debo run up the middle thing anymore. Like at this point, I, that was a, that was a necessary thing to do last season. Cause we were getting zero offense because we had yeah. zero offense. It's not necessary now. Like, I mean, and I think even those, uh, those end arounds with Ray Ray McLeod, like, uh, I won't. I won't say that Ray Ray McLeod looked better on those end arounds, but like uh, I, I want to see more. I would like to see more of those runs. If you're going to run with Debo, I would like to go back to that. And I think that we saw it once this season, and he turned it into a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. I think it's really, it's really par uh, like imperative that that Shanny just doesn't get his own in his own head 
and he just go like like we all say go with the hot hand. If Ayuk is cooking, we got we got uh, let Ayuk get the touch. Let let Ayuk keep cooking. Don't feel pressure that now we've got to manufacture touches for Debo or we got to manufacture touches for Kittle because he hasn't gotten he's only gotten two targets so far. Uh, I'm just I'm I really want them to just let Purdy like you were talking about. Purdy is, does a good job of just hitting the open guy. And I just want that to continue. Don't necessarily uh, have to do a bunch of screens and like all the other stuff. But I would say right now, screens, I'd like to see a couple of more screens. And but just because they haven't been doing it as much, and it would be, and it's a nice change of pace. You saw it when they did it with Ray Ray this past this past uh, week. How much? How yeah. many yards we got? And CMC. <laughs> like I mean, because we only, I think we only did it like a couple of times last game, and so it really catches the defense unawares. But yeah, I, I, I think that this skill group, it's such an embarrassment of riches that we have. We have so many good players that, uh, and then I mean, we don't need that. We can't even get uh, when Debo comes back. It's going to be really hard to get Ray Ray on the field and doing the things that we've been doing with him. Uh, it's going to be hard to get, I mean, Jennings touches and it's going to be, it's going to be hard to get, I mean, Danny Gray had like he he's Debo had to be off the field for him to get one touch. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, yeah. it's going to be, an, it, it's going to be a really interesting, uh, I think uh playoff and interesting, even, even thinking to the off season, what are they going to do with all these people? I, I don't know. <laughs> what you what you do but it's a testament to the coaching testament to brock for getting the guys the the ball and sh- and letting them show off their ability but um should do you think debo should come back for this cardinals game or do you think that he should i know he's probably he is going to come back for the cardinals game but do you think he maybe they should just wait and let him come back for the playoffs yeah me personally uh i i would wait you know people want to talk about the rust of going into the playoffs and then him showing up out of nowhere well, like I just said a little while ago, this team is consistently scoring around 35 points uh, per game without Debo. So imagine when you get him back fully healthy and you don't lend him to risk of injury. Um, just imagine where we could, what the things we could do with Debo, man. And, you know, th- I, I feel like they don't test him in 50-50 passes like they did last year either, and he always had success in it. That's besides the point. But I do think they should wait on him, maybe getting get him on a pitch count, because this is this is not a muscle uh, strain. This is a tendon issue, mm. uh, his MCL and his ankle. They they were strained, so you got to be careful with that stuff. It's not like um, a torn hamstring or something like that. So yeah. it's a, it's a and lot. You paid more him serious. now. Yeah. yeah, you paid him now. So you've got they're gonna you're gonna need him uh, to be productive in the future. So yeah, I agree with you. Well, not just that, he, where he's got to make his money is in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I mean, I think that this is that that is that's going to be what because I feel like because they paid they paid him. We want to see him. That's why that why they paid him is to see is to see Debo do his thing in the playoffs and see Debo do his thing in general. And it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be up the middle on runs, but Debo can do it all kinds of ways. I think I think he doesn't get as much credit because of the the drops. He does drop the ball sometimes, but <clears throat> I I, li- I like Debo. I've always thought that he's uh, he's been a solid. I mean, ever since he came in came in for us as a rookie, I think he's been solid. And uh, I just think that he doesn't get the credit he deserves sometimes as a wide receiver uh, because of what he does as a running back and. Uh, but or a wide back, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but I I gotta say what's up to my boy Twin. Uh, like appreciate you coming in, brother. Like uh, Twin always supports, and I mean, make sure you go out, follow that man, and get and subscribe to that channel. Him and his brother Law, like uh, they have a great podcast too. So make sure you check check that out. Uh, oh, they said I just saw an ESPN the Bills player from last night. His heart his heart went out twice. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, just scary um, to think of. Yeah, scary to think of. <clears> like, uh, um, but so let's talk about the defense a little bit. Um, the defense struggled uh, for 
for only the second time this season, right? And, I mean, they struggled against the Chiefs. I mean, Mahomes, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, uh, but I, I think that that it was – it's a completely different story with Stidham. Like, uh, where where was the weak link here? Did uh, Does it seem like – well, let's just start with there. Where, where do you think the weak link was this week as far as the defense goes? Well, like I said earlier, man, uh, D'Amico, first and foremost, putting his players in the position to, to be successful, not only that, discipline. So I think those are the two major keys that, that kind of lent itself to the poor performance by the defense. Uh, when I talk about discipline, it's things like, of course, Hafunga. That's one thing, but I want to get on the D-line too. And even uh, Nick Bosa talked about it. You know, you got supposed to contain the quarterback and then you got wide open lane right up the middle and he's like yeah. um yeah when it's stuff like that that happens even tom brady could run through that it doesn't have to be a mobile <laughs> quarterback a quote-unquote mobile quarterback man so things like that is just discipline when it comes to diomedor lenore i feel like he's getting way too much flack like i said D'Amico ryan's put your your players in the position to be successful um charverius ward got one touchdown scored on him <laughs> off yeah. what I saw was a push-off by Devontae Adams, and then it seemed yeah. like they stopped putting Mooney Ward on um, Devontae Adams. So I did not like that at all. D'Amico Ryans, hopefully he cleans that up. I personally would love to see – we talked about it earlier. Um, I was going to go a little deeper into it, but I think we should uh, start looking at some rotations, man. I think it would be a way more solid tandem in the back end if it was – Tayshawn Gibson and Jimmy Ward. <clears throat> Ooh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, I like, I like Huff. Uh, I mean, he can, he can cover. He just kind of, he lets his instincts take over sometimes. And I think teams now are counting on his inst. They're putting plays in place to take advantage of his instincts and it's just like Shani does. Shani does yeah. the same thing. He he uh, he calls plays to uh, against not against specific players, but he calls he calls plays to to uh, to fight against the rules of that defense that you're playing. So it's and I think teams are starting to do the same thing against Huff. Uh, but I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a rotation like uh, it's. Uh, what was that? Can I make an argument for that real quick? Or a debate, yeah, for whatever, sure. a point. For sure. So <clears throat> you said you like Huff, man. I love Huff myself, too. I love his mentality, yeah. the way he attacks the game. Uh, he's a really smart guy, a really hard worker. I love all that, man. But we have Super Bowl aspirations. True. You know, we, we don't have the luxury of caring about people's feelings at this point. If we get that safety tandem of Jimmy Ward and Tayshawn Gibson in the backfield, that's two veterans. One of them's a ball hawk and one of them's the eliminator. Uh, those are two guys that you see Huff making these mistakes. Now, I will give him kudos in this aspect where Huff, he made that mistake, and then we didn't see it for the rest of the game. Yeah. In the beginning of the season, it was awesome because he was making plays, and I was like, okay, let's wait and see till uh, the league gets film on him and see what they do to catch up to him. And now he's giving up those six touchdowns that he's given up, but he's not making the plays he was before that would offset the plays that he's given up. Mm -hmm. So he's a net negative right now. I, we can't afford that. <laughs> I don't think we can afford that, man. So I would put the two veterans back there. there uh, Jimmy Ward is consistently getting beat in the nickel slot anyways. So yes. I, I don't, I don't like it, man. It's he's doing an awesome job for a safety that's moved down to nickel, but as a, as a, a pure nickel, he's getting beat all the time, man. So I would just, I'm sorry, Huff. I love you, bro. Like, it's no hard feelings, man, but you're, you're a liability at this point. Like, like you said, Pete, um, if there's a rotation, that'd be awesome. I love, I love Huff in a package where he's kind of like a linebacker, a blitzer, and you got the two other veterans over the top, man. So, um, yeah, man, no, no animosity towards him. It's just, yeah, I got Super sure. Bowl, I got Super Bowl aspirations. Since the Harbaugh era, we should have had like three or four Super Bowls already. Um, and we've come this damn fucking close, bro. And yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired of it. That's it. Yeah, I, I feel you. I feel you. And it's here's here's my argument for the 
for the other direction is <laughs> that he was playing. He who did we have early on in the season that on that other cornerback spot that was locking <clears throat> down their side? Mosley. We had Mosley, right? Yeah. Which allowed which allowed Huff to kind of roam and like, and allowed him to go and make plays like, uh, so I think that's more of why we don't see more plays out of him. Uh, he's still getting batted balls. Yeah, and he's still right. getting almost interceptions, that kind of stuff. I, but I agree with you. Like sometimes his instincts make him a liability in coverage. Now, with that being said, I don't, I don't know how fast, Tayshawn Gibson, Tayshawn Gibson actually is like uh, I know he's like, he looks up like a big body to me, like uh, and he probably could play that huff spot. Uh, I'm not, <clears throat> I wouldn't like. That's why I say I wouldn't mind seeing a rotation. I just to, especially in this last game, just to yeah. see what it is, like uh, just to see what it is and if it could be, it could if it could benefit us in uh, in the playoffs. Now. Yeah, because Jimmy Ward is terrible in the slot. I, I I don't I don't care what anybody says. I know we want him out there because he makes plays, and he made a couple of plays in this last game. Uh, but I just I cannot take it. I can't take it him in the slot and watching him just get burnt time after time. Like uh, <laughs> he's just not. He's not. I know that's what he came in the league as. He claimed came in the league as a slot corner. I just I I don't like seeing it. And uh, and I wish I really wish they would figure out a way uh, to get to get him in his natural position. But I understand Tayshawn Gibson has been playing well, like uh, for the pretty much the whole season. So, but Huff, I I mean, it's not so much that I like Huff. It's much as Huff is part of the reason why this team has been so di- this uh, this second this team has been so dynamic on defense. Uh, they've got more turnovers this season. Then they probably the last what three four years combined, <laughs> like uh, it's uh, and he's a big part of it. So, but what were you saying? Um, but I mean, the thing is, too, look at it. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson is not giving up the plays that Hafunga's given up, that's but true. he's still getting those interceptions. So, that's the thing. It you can have the give and take, but if you're not having um, the take, you're just giving then it doesn't work for me, man. So um, I also wanted to point out with D'Amico Ryans is we're not pressuring enough, man. We're rushing four, and that's part of the liability, I think, with the back half. We need to get more pressure, play press, man. I know they feel it's risky, but the the longer you hold uh, receivers at the line by playing bump and run coverage, the more time you have for the D-line to get to the quarterback – Uh, You don't have to rush six or seven guys. It can be five, you know, disguise the coverage, of course. It seems like D'Amico Ryans did not make that adjustment till like the last two, two and a half drives. man. And that's pretty damn super late in the game to be making adjustments like that. But at least they were made and shutting down those drives. I I agree. I, I was shouting in the in the first half. Like, why are we still running these stunts that this guy is running? Because the stunts were the thing that, like, it kept catching uh, all of our all of our defensive linemen. They had no gap integrity whatsoever. Like, yeah. uh, there was gaping holes, like, to Bosa's point, uh, like, uh, just for Stidham to just run all over the place. And it wasn't until the second half that D'Amico made the adjustment. You stopped seeing the stunts. <laughs> you stopped seeing the twists. Like uh, it was, it was just bait. It was just four guys. They it almost went, it almost looked like they went back to the wide nine, but it wasn't necessarily, they did, they weren't too wide on it, but it was, but they were going straight, straight rushing. You saw Bosa was so cognizant of keeping his lane that he probably could have had a sack on one of those, but he stopped because the, uh, because he wanted to make sure Stidham didn't get by him. Like, yeah. uh, and it that's but when you're going up against these mobile quarterbacks, that has to be the key. And I don't know why. I, I don't know if D'Amico didn't do his scouting on Stidham. I don't think D'Amico uh expected Stidham to be what to end up looking like he did. And we got to mm-hmm. give Stidham a little credit. Stidham played really well. Like uh there's a lot of guys in this league that would have been like Tua out there and heard the, the footsteps 
and just thrown bad throw, made bad throws. Stidham stood in that pocket, like or got out of it, and and did what he needed to do to uh, to have a good game. Like, uh, but but I I agree. I thought that D'Amico was a little bit slow on the adjustments. Once you see that the guy is just carving you up, he's carving you up on the first couple of drives. It's it's time to make an adjustment. And like, uh, but he it's almost like he waited until the half to start making adjustments. And like, I thought it was too late by that, by that point. But, uh, because you saw in the second half, Stidham, <laughs> the, the defense started getting, started getting at least in his vicinity and making him uncomfortable. And that's when we kind of saw, he was still making plays, but it wasn't as much as frequent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like 100%. So, uh, what's up to Mariah and, and Niner sickness. Appreciate y'all coming for coming in. And, uh, and then PA Niner fan came in saying uh, happy new year. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, but yeah, it was a, uh, it, it wasn't a, a, a performance that we like to see out of this defense. And I feel like we're, we're really, we've been really hard on them the last couple of days, but I mean, in all, in all, in all reality, like uh, I just think that that was, uh, it was a one-off and I think that, that they're going to, to kind of button it up and get and get it uh, get it together, uh, I think we have too many yeah. good players on this defense. the The good part is, and I, we got to mention this, is that uh, God, linebacker. I'm blanking on his name right now. Help Greenlaw. Greenlaw. Like it ended up not being so serious of an injury, and they're expecting yeah. he may play this in the 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 Cardinal game. Uh, mm. I don't know how many snaps he's going to get, or if they're going to rotate him in and out, but uh, him. And then they said Aaron Banks is probably going to be back for the playoffs. So, uh, like, that's a huge. That's huge. Uh, those were yeah. two uh, injuries that I was really worried about. But, um, but yeah, like, uh, it's you, really, does it seem – oh, yeah, go ahead. It's really good and convenient that we don't have to rush those guys back, though. That's a good thing. Exactly. Brunskill, like we said, great job, man. Al Shire, we know what we have in that guy. He's, he's a freaking baller, dude. So – that's that's the other good thing about it, and now that even with Debo, you're seeing guys step up when De- in Debo's absence that are showing their playmaking ability too. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, so the Cardinals, we got the Cardinals, last opponents of the regular season. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you felt going into the playoffs last season, but mm-hmm. I didn't have a ton of confidence. <laughs> going into yeah. going into the playoffs, uh, do you do you see a letdown coming in this in this game with the Cardinals, or do you see the 49ers dominating? Uh, hopefully, the defense is um, not blocking out the noise. Hopefully, they're ready to get back to work and busting their ass and ready to prove themselves. And they they put the smack down again on the Cardinals. <clears throat> the offense, complete confidence in them as well. I hope everybody's going to be smart um, with with trying to stay healthy. But I think the 49ers are going to handle business and and handle their end of the bargain for the number one seed. Very, um, what's the word for it? Candidly, uh, but in great in great fashion. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not great with the words either. Like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, but, uh, but. Yeah, I think that it's a completely different situation than the Raiders. The Raiders have a ton of weapons, and I don't think people understand how many weapons. They got the best receiver in the league, in my estimation, and De- Devontae Adams. Uh, plus, you got uh, you got Darren Waller. Uh, mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs proved to me, he I think he's, and you heard Bosa say it, he thinks he's the best back in the league. And, it's, and then you've got... Uh, Renfro, who's a who's a, who's a beast in the slot. Um, they got a guy that didn't even get any touches, I don't think, yesterday in Hollins that I think is really is actually pretty good too. But he just got no no targets yesterday. Um, but but yeah, I think that this is a completely different uh, situation because they have David uh, David, I believe his name is David Blau. Is is going to be their starting quarterback? <laughs> like uh, they're on their third stringer too. 
And but I think that they're I don't know that they have the culture that the 49ers do. So it's uh it's gonna be a really it's gonna be a really I think it's gonna be a completely flip-flop uh game to this past week. I think that yeah, I think that there's almost a chance that that uh, Shady might end up resting some players by halftime. Like, uh, but uh, how do you feel? Do you think that there's a possibility that Shani rests some players in this game? I really hope so and think so. Uh, but that's how I felt last week. Um, you know, this this new guy, I haven't gotten to check him out just yet. I'm still kind of on the Raiders thing. The the stuff with Demar Hamlin, with all due respect, it set yeah. me back a little bit. So I haven't delved into uh, that new quarterback that the Cardinals will probably have. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, like yesterday, today's show that I did, I didn't even do a show yesterday because what happened. Um, mm. Today's show was was still on kind of that post game feel and stuff like that. One of the things that I said when I did check out Stidham's highlights was his stats look like crap, but I wanted to see his highlights so we could see the potential that he does have when he makes good plays. And I said he looked mm. very Marcus Mariota esque. And sure enough, mm. those are the type of plays he was making, man. And that's a guy that that beat us earlier in the season. So uh, that was one of the things I saw. We'll see what happens when I see uh, check this guy out from the Cardinals, the third string quarterback. But I mean, I doubt he's better than Colt McCoy. That's a veteran. But we're just we're going to have to wait and see. I just feel really confident about the 49ers. <laughs> how you said. I think we'll be resting starters. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm just glad Colt McCoy is not starting. <laughs> uh like, you scared of him uh, he's proven he can uh, not scared of him per se but you know <laughs> there's always the opportunity that uh that he can do to us what he did to us last uh, season like uh, and uh he's the boogeyman <laughs> people were talking about him like he was the boogeyman uh this past uh-huh. uh, season but no i think <laughs> it's going to be a blowout in my personal i think that it's it should be yeah they should be resting guys by halftime uh, I think that the Arizona Cardinals are a complete dumpster fire. Uh, I don't yeah. think that they have the the weapons that they do have. I don't think that this guy will be able to get them the ball. Uh, I'm they're four and twelve this season, and they they lost to the Chargers twenty five to twenty four this last. I mean they're putting up a little bit of points, uh, but. I just think that this is a good opportunity for the defense to kind of show who they are uh, for the like Warner. I would specifically want to see Warner get, get, uh, get these guys together and start and start being that leader that we all know he is and uh, getting these guys ready for the playoffs. I want, I want to see them button it up, get it tight. Like uh, let's get the execution on point. And uh, this is a perfect, a perfect a division opponent is a perfect uh, way to get there. That's the, that's the kind of the way I feel about it. So what, what do you think is, is your way too early score prediction? Cause we don't like, I'm sure we're going to hear about uh, injury, injury news and like all that kind of stuff until the, we probably won't get the last <coughs> one until Friday. Uh, so, but what's your way too early uh, score prediction? So last time we played them, we put the whooping on them with Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, I think that's saying something. <laughs> when you put up almost, well, I think almost 40 points on them, yeah. and they're just completely demoralized, beat into the ground. I don't know if that's going to light a fire under their ass, or they might just come into this game completely demoralized and um, just completely disrespected and scared. <laughs> so, um, man, um, score prediction – Probably like a 32 to nine, yeah. Th- 31 to nine. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm, I'm thinking around that, like th- I'm thinking 35, 10. Uh, I'm thinking 35, 10. Cause I, I think Brock continues his streak of 30 plus points a game. And, no Robbie uh, gold, no, no Robbie, Robbie gold, gold field goals. Oh yeah, no, no, nothing to have to save us the game. I don't think that's going to be even a factor. He still might miss no. one, but it's not going to matter. <laughs> but, so uh, thir- thirty-eight if he makes one, thirty-five if he misses. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go, there you go. Like uh, uh, poor Robert. Yeah, I mean that was just terrible. I'm sitting there watching it. I was like, oh sweet, Purdy, 
put us in position. We got this win in the bag. Like gold is one of the steadiest kickers in league. Like we got it. And then, and then womp, womp, womp. It was just, uh, yeah, it was terrible, but, but hey, uh, Wolf, I appreciate you coming on. I hope you had a great time. I know I had a great time having you on. Uh, one more time, why don't you let everybody out there know where they can find you on the socials and where they can find your show? All right, cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> again, on YouTube, it's uh, Niner Gang Wolfcast, just like it is there on the screen. Niner Gang Wolfcast. On Twitter, it's Wolf Lazama. And um, yeah, Peter, I really appreciate you, man. It was a good time, bro. Good chatting yeah. it up with you, man. I always t- love talking 49ers. Yeah, I remember you coming on with us on Last Man Standing, and like, uh, yeah, I was like, I gotta get find a way to get this guy on on the show, like, uh, <laughs> uh, just you know, schedules. But, uh, but yeah, like, loved having you on. Uh, I it was, I had a great time, like, uh, talking 49 football with you, and then, and then, hey, I appreciate everybody that came in to the comment section today with all your questions, comments. Appreciate everybody that showed up and and showed out. Uh, once again, you can find this on YouTube. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and the snippets are on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok is getting uh, pretty, pretty good for me right now. Like, uh, so make sure you uh, follow me on there. And and then if you don't want to look at my my ugly mug uh, and you just want to listen to the audio version, hey, I'm I'm anywhere you can find your audio podcast. So I don't care where you get it, just get it. And. Make sure that you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. I, I really appreciate you guys out there. We've had some tremendous growth the last couple of weeks, and and it all happens because of you guys. So uh, appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, Wolf. And uh, once again, I always like to leave it with a go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners.